stand up? No, not not on a podcast. Oh, but not in on life? a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fre- <laughs> Plenty of frequently. time. Frequently. <laughs> it doesn't take much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think 11 years of smoking would make me <laughs> a little more comfortable. Yeah. have less greenhouse. It and it's usually, change. it's mostly when I'm alone. Like, I'll be down here. Yeah. And I'll be like, oh, no. <laughs> I, th- I, feel I thought it. I was chilling. <laughs> Dude, that's what pissed playing me off. video games. Why am I anxious? Dude, that's what pissed me off. I used to, like, live by myself. And so, like, I always thought, like, my anxiety was tied to, like, being high around other people. Uh-huh. Uh, and and then one time I was just, like, in my house alone. I'm like, why? I'm literally in my house alone. <laughs> yeah. I was, like, pissed off at myself. I'm like, I'm getting a panic attack. <laughs> it just makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm having an anxiety attack just because I'm by myself. I'm like, what the fuck is this? You so know, I have nothing to prove. No one is here seeing this. Like, why Why am I worried? Yeah. Yeah, so what I what I did was, was I, like, texted myself. I started, like, on my notes app. I'm like, bro, why are you freaking out right now? And you're like, I have no idea, dude. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. That's, that's I opened this whole dialogue with myself, and it actually kind of helped settle me nice. down a oh, little bit. That's yeah. beautiful. Someone, say, some would say it's schizophrenic, but others would say that's, that's good self-love right you there. Know, <laughs> that's therapy. Schizophrenic uh, people go undiagnosed if the voices help them in life. You don't hear about the good schizophrenic. Yeah, that's true. You know? That's so true. There's got to be, there's always an outlier. I don't know if that's true. There's, there's got to be one guy that's like, yeah. Oh, what's up, bro? Like, like, yeah, like, <laughs> the voices are telling him to, like, not not care about monetary value, and he's just giving all of his money away. Yeah. He's been wearing the same shoes for 10 years. Damn. And then he's Jesus. Dude. And then he's, he's Jesus. like, God's talking to me. Dude, Jesus is probably the Jesus OG schizo. schizo. Dude, son of God. That's actually a <laughs> symptom of narcissism, of of parano- and paranoid really? schizophrenics. Is, is yeah, but it. Jesus wasn't a narcissist. That was his whole thing. <laughs> He's like, mm. Hey, we only got half the story. <laughs> Ladies and gents, welcome back to Articulate. We have a, a very fun little episode here Woo. with uh, one Mr. Joey Becker. How you doing today, Joey? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. It's nah. good to be back. Good to be back, baby. Back, recurring, yeah. recurring guest. Yeah, yeah, recurring guest from like pre. This is like the uh, Articulate Era 1 guest, dude. Yeah, We've got, man. I've been through a couple eras of this, John. Yeah, how many episodes in are you? Uh, 138. Damn, dude. Yeah, it's too much. It's oh, too much. Congratulations. <laughs> Never enough. Uh, no, that's sick, though, dude. That's awesome. I mean, that's it's probably the same with comedy, especially when it's a couple of midwestern nobodies like ourselves. like you do something for 10 years though like you never know man you might have one that just like you might say some crazy shit it might not be good publicity but <laughs> 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 you might say the wrong shit but then you blow up and then you got a hundred thousand listeners you got hundred thousand that's all that's all i want i just just <laughs> admiration from hundreds of people only yeah. hundreds i don't need hundreds of thousands yeah 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 <laughs> too much, <laughs> Joey. Let's get into what we we're talking about. We we're going to talk about it, busking. Talk about busking. Busking is a word that I didn't know about. <laughs> yeah, apparently not many people did. I guess maybe it was it was uh, maybe that's why it was my calling. I just happened to well, not I. Guess, I don't know if it's my calling, but one of them. <laughs> and I knew what the word meant. I thought everybody knew. It. I was just walking around being like, "Yeah, I've been busking," and they're like, "What is that, man? Like that yeah. sounds gross." Did you move? Yeah, it is kind of gross. <laughs> it sounds it really, a gross yeah, word, dude. It actually is kind of gnarly. But so you moved to New York. Mm. How long ago was this? Year and a half. Year it was on my birthday. Now. Yeah. In oh. 2021. I was going to say happy birthday, but that's not accurate. No, no, yeah, <laughs> I just missed my half birthday. So. Okay. Uh, but you moved here to busk? No. 
No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I moved here. Uh, well, I graduated film school. I mean, that was something I wanted to do because I was already making music and starting to play guitar. Um, so I knew I wanted to do some music stuff while I was out here. And kind of by the time I moved here, I wanted to do that. I was thinking that might be the um, like leading prospect for me to like do creatively, even more than film at that point, because I'd been uh, out of uh, film school for a year at that point. And I was just making, for the years during COVID, I was just making music all the time with my cousin. And uh, so we shot like 10 music videos before we, I moved out here. Um, so we were planning on trying to get exposure for that. But I was, we were, it was, we were really, we were steaming full throttle ahead. But it was, I was wondering how hard it was going to be to actually keep up with, you know, growing it and getting it done. Getting all the songs finished and released um, with him being in Ohio and me being out here. We were just... We were both starting new chapters of our lives, yeah. and they were completely different. Like, he was full-on settling down, and I was, yeah. like, vagabond, uh, going, uh, yeah. just heading out to the city. Yeah. Um, so we didn't end up releasing a lot of that music, and then I was just, like, so deep into the music still and really enjoying it and, and growing that I was like, okay, well, I can't stop. And I picked the guitar back up and started learning a bunch of covers, and I'd written a few original, like, folk and blues-type stuff, and uh, was... I just kept. I, Dude, I was music is like so much better than like a lot of other art forms. It really is, namely man. like stand up, dude. Like really, well, dude. Because like I was listening to, I, I kind of had forgotten that I love music. You know, how, I don't know. My love of music comes in and out, and sometimes it's like too much on the ears. You know, whatever that is, like music, like stimulation overload or whatever. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah. sometimes you have to like cut it out, and yeah, then really- I have just been doing my own thing for so long that like, dude, like the last time. Before last night, so this is before last night. The, I mean, I would listen to an album just like on a car ride, and that's always fun. But like last night, there was this girl, uh, Caroline Rose. I don't know if you've ever heard of her, but I went and saw uh, a concert of hers uh, a couple months ago, and she performed the album back to front. And so I had listened to the album in the car beforehand, and I was like, ah, you know, it's all right. It's kind of sad, boy. I'm not really sure if I can like get into it or whatever. Not really where I'm at in life right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I saw the way that she performed it and, like, the emotion that she, like, dude, and it was based off of, like, a real-life, like, breakup and unfortunate series of events that had gone on in her life that were, like, tragic. Yeah. And, dude, like, the emotion that she, she, and she's like, I can't, she's like, I don't know why I do this to myself because I have to perform this every night for the next, like, two months and I just cry every single, like, like, she cried during our show, like, because it was so like deep so last night like i went and just like dude i just like put my headphones on and headphones again different experiences both sides i didn't even realize how much uh panning she did in it oh wow and dude like i i was like this is like real beauty and emotion and like processing that she put into this and it was beautiful it was a smooth uh underlay i was was listening the whole time too i I just popped my head i was like all right now i'm comfortable (laughs) i'm settled in no you're good that's so true though man like that's that's amazing that's and not everybody makes music like that which is usually the stuff that i connect with the most and i mean I, i like a wide variety i feel like every i mean obviously everybody does especially in our generation because of the ease of access but um that stuff always hits the hardest it reminds me that reminds me of uh that uh, you meant talking about the concept around that al- album reminds me a lot of uh boney Vare's classic uh for emma forever ago mm. i don't know if you know that one is that the one with skinny love mm-hmm. right? yep yeah. that's the one yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and it's an incredible story behind it and it's kind of the same thing just super raw emotion of 
I think in the same year, his long-term girlfriend broke up with him. He got, I think he got a really bad case of maybe pneumonia after mm. getting sick. He was having a lot of health issues and was hospitalized, and uh, he his like liver was failing. It was not looking good. Jesus. And he was in a band at the time. I can't remember what the name of it is. God, something choir, maybe? I can't remember. Um, but it was kind of similar. It was more indie, like big band type like big sound vibe other instead of like his classic uh, kind of grandiose type of yeah yeah it was thing. like kind of more like i don't know arcade fire is not a good example because it was very different music but it was big it was a full band right and they left his ass behind they're like we we're, we're we got to keep going with our music lives we can't wait around for you to die <laughs> <laughs> jesus <laughs> or Christ. survive and so he made he did it, it so he dropped like a solo album yeah that that stripped album down skinny solo. Lo- yeah stripped down it's an inc- oh, it's an incredible story he moved out i think it was in wisconsin his dad had some property had like a little shack out there and he went out and lived there for an entire winter and he was like really deep into his alcoholism at that point too and like it was just getting worse because of all the shit he'd been going through so he goes and says, I'm staying at this shack, my dad's shack. I'm going to live there, live off the land. He was hunting for his own food. He didn't have, like, many resources at all. The only music equipment he had was, because he couldn't afford any, was uh, just some shitty old laptop with, uh, uh, I, I can't even, like, a cheap software on there. I yeah. can't remember what it was. It's a very big, maybe Logic or something, I don't know. Some, and, and he bought an, a guitar for 60 bucks on eBay. And it was, like, this real old model, I think, from, like, the 60s. And it just had, it was just a gem just, like, floating out there that no one had ever really captured the sound of in, a, a, like, a really effective way, I guess, in folk music. And it became the iconic sound of that album and then went on to influence almost... His entire every, career. His whole career. And indie music. And indie, yeah. yeah, indie music in, so in general of the 2000s. And, I mean, every song on that album is, is beautiful. It's just about heartbreak and, and moving through it. And yeah, did, did that's it why music is just so much, like... I don't know, it's man. It's inspiring, especially when you're first starting out. It's like, damn, you don't, you don't need... It's easier than... Than other art forms, because usually it takes, especially the film, it takes a village to do something like that. But it was, it was, it was a nice reminder, and I feel like music's even more that way because everybody's either like I'm self-taught or like I know music theory. And if you don't know music theory, that's always been like a a point of confidence, of lost confidence for me, feeling like oh my stuff isn't as valid because it may sound good, but it's this is like easy music, you know, like it's never gonna yeah. really ring true to anybody. But it just goes to show, like you know, you can wherever you're at you can make something really powerful so it's just about it's more about the doing it than than well, yeah, anything dude, else about the soul that you put in you yeah. know what i mean like uh i've been getting into tyler childers recently i don't mm. know if you know him or not but yeah, he's real big now right yeah he got really really big but like i mean when you listen to it, it's just this man and a guitar like and like yeah. the soul you know mm-hmm. what i mean and yeah which is a lot of country and folk and, and yeah music of that of that nature is yeah very true um but yeah so uh I, I had been like looking up quotes about comedy for the uh, couple podcasts ago, but um, one of the quotes was like something about like I think it was from Martin Scorsese or something. He's like, because he, he's like, I love comedy. Don't get me wrong, but comedy is like, it's almost like the snacks or the appetizer, or even like a drink or a beverage to go along with something. But like sometimes you need meat and potatoes. Right. You know what I mean? You need yeah. something to like really fill that that hole and like again like trying to go through like a breakup that like really tore you down that the album i was talking about was called the art of forgetting mm-hmm. and one of the quotes is like everybody talks about the art of loving but they don't 
talk about the art of forgetting how to love. You know, or, or, oh wow, it's crazy. But I'm imagine putting that in like go. a bit, trying to put that into like a stand-up <laughs> bit and like convey the sadness. Yeah. Nobody wants to like. I mean, his heart is broken here. Let me show you how to. Yeah, me, and obviously there are skilled comics that right. could probably help. You know, things right. like that. I know Mark Maron, one of his, like, uh, the love of his life, even though he got married, like, three times, but the mm. most recent one, like, recently passed, and he, oh, he yeah. released a special after it. And it you know, it kind of hit home. Yeah. But it's just so much, him. you know, it's a certain type of comedy, and it's a certain type of craft and, and skill to, to be able to do that. So. Right. Um, but this, this isn't about... This isn't about right, right, right. I realize I never told you what busking means. Yeah, no, bad. it's okay. So, yeah, back to... So, you moved there. Uh, we were just talking about the beauty of music, how much it touched you, obviously, uh-huh. creating music with your cousin right, or whatever. Right, And now you move out here mm-hmm. and you start busking because you love you loved the music and you still felt attached to it. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to let it go. And I like knew... It was to the point where I was like, okay, we've made all this music. I'm ready to start performing. And I had like some uh, stage fright, I think, because I'd never played with an instrument. I'd sang on stage before, but never played with an instrument. And it was probably like two weeks of me sitting down here playing and like thinking... I just got to do it, man. Like, I I guess I could do an open mic, but I know I could. It it was so much. uh, It was hard to ignore uh, the the opportunity because I'm in a city where you can literally just pack up your guitar, walk outside and start playing playing music for tips and just anywhere that you can do in the park. You can play it in the subway station. So I've seen people do it and I'm like, okay, I'm like at least good enough. I'm probably not going to be as good as a lot. Most people. And certain spots I can't go to because it's like the best of the best. But I never see anybody playing at my subway station, so yeah. might as well go try it, try it out there. And uh, I just kept putting it off. And then one time, one day I was playing. I was like, okay, I, that song sounded good. Like I've mastered this song. Right. I need to at least go out and try it. And even if I fuck up, then at least like I'm, I'll, I'll work through it. You know. And if I make one dollar, I'll do it again. So I just, I give myself to this day. I know I have that day off and I got to go out. And it helped too because I had a really shitty job at that point. It was the first job I had in New York. So I was broke. And I did not want to pick up more hours at this place because it was already exhausting for three days a week. Um, So I just went out there and started playing. And I think I made $3 the first day (laughs) playing. I didn't sing when I first got out there. That's more than I made with comedy for two years. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's, I guess, the one benefit of, of music. I feel bad for the comics. You can't. Maybe you could do that. I've never seen a, a comic busking, but that would be sick. I would. No. I'd be <laughs> done. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I guess because you kind of miss out. Uh, you work. can listen to a part of the song and be like, oh, that was cool and move on. But if you hear half the bit, then it's like. You didn't even get the laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but but the music. So busking yeah. is literally the act of going out. Exactly, it's perf- music performance art in in public, mm-hmm. basically mostly music. But uh, people dance. I mean, I don't know if they call this sub. They usually just call them subway performers, like the ones that are dancing and stuff on the subway yeah. and doing flips and shit. Um, but that all of that's busking. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where the term comes from, but I think it first started. I, well, maybe I mean it's probably people been playing music just everywhere all over yeah. all the time. But it was it got big in New York because there was an act passed in the 1800s, and I looked this up because I was like, do I need a permit or something like that? Am I actually allowed to just walk out there and start playing? Yeah. And there was an act in New York passed by uh, a coalition of artists um, that basically uh, made it legal for uh, for musicians to play anywhere on public property in the city <laughs> without getting fined or arrested or anything like that. The only stipulation is that you have to be under a certain decibel level. So you'll see people with spe- speakers and big setups and 
there's one guy on 14th and uh, 8th Avenue headed towards Manhattan um, that I would see all the time on my way into work. He played an electric guitar, and he was just had a backing track that was blaring, and he's just shredding all day. Yeah. But that's the only that I'm, – I'm sure he's probably gotten – some maybe he's made made friends with all the all the cops over there or something, but yeah, uh, yeah. There's a certain sound level Decibel you can level, yeah, exactly. Right. Which I'm not usually breaking. Uh, yeah, I usually, <laughs> with I, your acoustic yeah, guitar. my acoustic guitar. Well, I got the PA and system. Your sad boy music. Yeah, my sad boy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna. You might not even hear it, let alone <laughs> get, get in trouble. But yeah, uh, I did get a after I saved up enough money. I I started bringing a PA system and a mic, and I got an electric acoustic and had a whole setup going um for a little bit but then some crazy shit happened and i was like okay it wasn't that i mean it's kind of crazy it wasn't too crazy but it was enough for me to be like all right I, I need to not bring all this equipment out i was out on a sunday at yeah. 3 p.m i was just broad daylight on, on the lord's day yeah the lord's day i i'd been out at like 1 or 2 a.m before and you know i had fucking crackheads coming up to me trying to take my money and i had a one-legged man one time who tried to spit on me um, Christ. and he was like rubbing my arm and shit. <laughs> was weird. I was in the middle of a song. This is a side, a side, an offshoot, not the the main story that really scared me. But uh, it was yeah. This guy was in a wheelchair with one leg. He came up to me and was like, I was in the middle of a song. I had my eyes closed and I could feel him getting closer. I was just trying to ignore him, <laughs> and I just feel him come up and he's got my shirt and he's just like doing that to it. He's just rubbing my shirt <laughs> and I just stopped in the middle of a song. I looked at him. I'm still trying to be nice. I'm like dude come on don't touch me what are you doing and he's like what what did you fucking say to me i'll touch whoever the fuck i want you bitch i'll do anything i want he's like doing wheelies in his wheelchair <laughs> like spinning around me screaming and i was like dude i'm just saying i'm in the middle of a performance i'm trying to reason with a guy that's got that's got one leg and is rubbing people in the middle <laughs> of the subway station yeah that's on you dude yeah, that was on me i was i was fighting an uphill battle right and i just stopped I stopped uh, talking to him. And there's two cops this whole time standing and staring at watching this happen. And he's, yeah, they didn't give a fuck. And then he stops. He stops saying stuff. I'm like, okay, maybe he's going to calm down. He's like, man, fuck you. I spit on you. And he hacks up a loogie. Oh, no. I jump off my stool and I'm like, hell no. That is, (laughs) that's where I draw the line. I'm not getting spit on again in New York. (laughs) There's too many, too many crazy subway stories. Right. Um, And then the cops finally came up and like grabbed him. They're like, all right, we're out of here. Spitting (laughs) is the line. That's the line. You can rub and harass. But spitting is. Bodily fluids. We got to, if we don't stop it somewhere, this they're gonna have yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. ball's on that guy though, man. Yeah. I could have just if he's lucky. I'm a nice guy. I could have just <laughs> take one foot and push him in front him. of the subway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yo, so what happened? The re- yeah, the big thing. The that real happened, story. Yeah, the real story was, um, I was. Oh, sorry, I was fixing the wire. Um, fucked it up, bro. It was no, all stuck in the couch. God, caught in the crevice. All right, cut. <laughs> yeah. Cut. So I was sitting there. I had my. I'd probably been out for like a few times with my new equipment because there was a lot to lug around. So that already kind of slowed me down a bit. Mm. Um, but I'm out there playing, and you know, playing my my pretty sad boy music, and uh, these guys did not like it. They did not <laughs> like it. They were behind me, and they were talking. I, I at first I didn't notice it, but I would hear little comments. At first, it was just stop. I heard stop, please make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't miss a beat. I kept going, yeah. but I, it registered, and I started getting, I started blushing. I'm like, oh shit, this is happening right now. It's my first heckler. Yeah. And then I thought I heard another person like arguing with them, like defending me. Oh. Um. Yeah. So I was that gave me motivation to keep going. Yeah. 
But then I ended a song and I realized it was actually just two dudes making different comments of how bad I sucked. No cuteness whatsoever. No, no, they did not like it. There was every expletive under the sun. I think they started calling me. They stayed there for like 25 minutes. (laughs) I swear to God, 10 trains passed and they're just sitting on this bench behind me, which is making it worse. I don't, I can't even see them and I'm not trying to like uh, instigate it at all. So I just keep going and and finally, um, one guy stands up and he's starting to leave. And he's like, well, I guess I got to go find another fucking train. This pussy ass music playing all day. He's like, it won't stop. And I'm at that point, he's like eye to eye with me. And I, I see him. He's like probably he's just some old dude in his late 40s or something. And he had to be drunk. And uh, and he's just he keeps calling me just every name. And uh, and I'm like, dude, just get on the yeah, train. Get on the train. You could have <laughs> left like six songs ago. Yeah. I was like, clearly some people are liking it. There's money in the basket. Like, I'm trying to just do a good thing here, man. Yeah. Damn. I was just having fun. He's telling me to get a real job. And I'm like, I got a real job. Yeah. This is a real job, too, though. This is a hobby. This, I'm not, it's not like this is new to New York. What the hell? And they're you like, judge your hobbies of heckling people. Yeah, you know exactly. I, mean? exa- I was being very <laughs> accepting of, of it. I was, I was 25 minutes of, of, of acceptance. <laughs> exactly, dude. Of your what hobby. else could I do? I gave you the stage. Um, and, it's, and then he, once I said that to him, he turned around. He got so bug eyed. He acted, he like squared up on me and then just like took off up the stairs yelling and screaming. And then this older dude, even older guy, starts trailing him, and he's walking away, he's shaking his head, and he turns around and looks at me, and he just goes, man, you really suck. (laughs) Damn. And I was just like, what? beat while you're down. Oh, man, that kicked me in the teeth. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, it was rough. And I was just going to, I kept going, I was about to start another song, and there was a real sweet girl there. Who looked at me and she was like, you don't suck. You sound great. Keep going. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. I needed that. Oh, uh, you need the one. Yeah, you need, you yeah, got I the, the one. one. And, I, and I kept right. going. And the weirdest thing, so it definitely it left an impression on me. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a knock of confidence because I, by that point I'd been doing it long enough. I had so many amazing experiences of uh, people coming up and talking. Like there's been times where like a teen will come, a couple teens will come up and they'll be like, having a great time and dancing and running around and mm-hmm. one guy asked me to play and I let him play the guitar and he, oh, he had man. his moment and kids will come up and dance and my favorite was when like a parent will give their kid a dollar and you see a little toddler Aww. run up and they drop in the basket <laughs> and they're just <laughs> loving cute. it people love the harmonica oh, uh, that, I was, bet. that was the money it's maker. hard not to <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh so there were so many great moments like I knew I had a place and that it, you know I was doing a good thing but with all the equipment it just I was like damn like that could have been it could have been rough. That was 3 p.m. on a Sunday. Like, yeah. I've been coming out here in the middle of the night all <laughs> alone. Like, few people coming in and out of the trains. Like, and this I'm is... using your male privilege, dude. Abusing <laughs> yeah, it. Exactly. All night long. All That's night crazy. long. All night long. Yeah. And and they... Uh, I just was worried because I had all the equipment. I'm like, I'm going to get... I, I don't want to have to... If I do have to square up with somebody, I don't want to be worried about the equi- the thousands of dollars of equipment I've got around me mm-hmm. to try and defend that while I'm getting beat with a lead pipe or right. something, you know? Yeah. I want to be able to, if it's my old acoustic guitar, I'll use that as a weapon. I don't give a fuck at yeah. that point. But, um, so I stopped for a while and just, uh, and then I got a different job. So it wasn't as like, I didn't need to do it as much. Mm-hmm. So then I just, I didn't really stop playing though. I just came back here and I got stronger. 
Yeah. I didn't change the songs. I'm still playing sad boy music. <laughs> <laughs> Never quit, dude. That's where the emotion comes from, right? Yeah, That's yeah, what we're talking about. Exactly. Well, so, I mean, part of what we had talked about, you know, talking about getting this podcast set up was that, you know, you've obviously, New York has been a big uh, adjustment, right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure busking <laughs> definitely <laughs> played into to part of, you know, like that development and everything and mm -hmm. like... I mean, that definitely gets you accustomed to the city life a little bit more, I would assume, you know, being out and around everybody. I mean, when I moved to Philadelphia, I would literally just go down to, like, a park and just, like, I bring, like, a journal, a book, like, a joint, you know what I mean? And just, yeah. like, watch people walk around, the performers, the, you know, people passing out pamphlets. There's, like, yoga classes and stuff. And it's, like, it's not that I necessarily met anybody, but it did kind of be, like, all right, this place is kind of, you know, they got their thing going here, you know? Yeah, yeah, you just get a feel for the city. Yeah. And that's so different than Ohio from Ohio, especially from Lebanon, not, like, I don't know about you, but I I didn't go to Cincinnati a ton. Yeah. So I didn't really have much of a taste for the city life at all, right. um, which is something I looked forward to. I was excited to just, like, be surrounded by so many people. But, yeah, that is, it's it's really overwhelming whether you go out and, uh, put your feet to the fire and do something like that, like yeah. busking or just even going out and journaling and just people watching. Like it's easy to, especially when you come from the Midwest, I think for it to be so overwhelming and you're just trying to get your bearings right. and adjust. You're like, I'm going to stay inside where it's, where it's the safe, safe yeah. Yeah, the great indoors. <laughs> indoors. <laughs> <laughs> You're the singer here. <laughs> yeah. Banger. Song. I'm yeah. glad you got that reference. People have been picking we up. We both on had it at the same time. Gen Z, like, Are we baby. going for it, baby? We're going <laughs> yeah. for it. We pulled it out, too. That was great, dude. We got to do a duet. We'll have to go up at the open mic today. <laughs> do that at the open mic. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it totally, uh, I think, helped me adjust and, uh, and, and embrace the, uh, the city for what it was. And that's such a big part of it is just the the giant sense of community with strangers even when you're in the city instead yeah. of like the biggest city in in america um uh no, I definitely feel that. I, 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 uh, I mean, within Philadelphia, it still feels like everybody's, you know, they call it the city of brotherly love, but everybody mm. knows that. I, I think people are really loyal there, which is awesome. So if it came to, like, a citywide thing, like, you know, a sporting event or something like that, we're all on each other's team, right? Yeah. But in the same sense where if it's, like, a community type of thing where it's, like, you know, if I hang out with stand-ups, you know what I mean? They're probably going to – I also hang out with actors too, you know what I mean? They're, mm. they're probably going to be like, you know, I don't – you know they're not gonna be like best friends right off of the bat, but mm -hmm. my stand up friends will hang up, will stand up for their well, fucking. My stand up friends will stand up for their stand up. Yeah, <laughs> oh, they're really. Stupid. But the active friends will all be loyal to each other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's a lot of loyalty that goes around in the city like that. Yeah, and, which, uh, which is yeah, it's definitely amazing. It's a, it's a sweet but, part. But you you were kind of talking about like I moving to Philadelphia. I definitely feel like I've changed in a more confident way, and and definitely kind of. I had to adjust, like, I think I'm the same person, but yeah. it's like putting, um, it's like putting that emotion and personality into a new area and mm -hmm. th that has to adjust. Yeah. So in a way that, that I like to, you know, with like within acting, right, there's like scripts, um, and you can only within a script, you can, you can put as much emotion into the script as you can, but at the end of the day, you can only put as much emotion into the script as the script is written, right? Mm -hmm. So say Ohio is a certain script, I'm able to put as much of myself into that script as I can, but I'm still limited by that script, right? Yeah, yeah. Move out to Philadelphia, a script changes. Yeah. I'm still the same emotional person, you know right, what I mean? Right. So I had to learn how to adjust to that script and like really understand 
how I fit in in this bigger city. Yeah. And, totally. you know, it's uh, it's awesome. Like, I, I love it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's sweet, dude. And that's such a... Uh, Thing, that's such a big thing to overcome, I think, because you realize it pretty early on when you do a big move like that, that you you might have had a sense of confidence from where you came from and you feel s- secure in your own identity, but y- you you can feel the tension of trying to make it fit somewhere else. Um, oh, dude, I was like, when I left Ohio, I was like, I'm the king of this shit, bro. Like, I own, my, I own my town. I come yeah, out to Philly the for like a cat. <laughs> For like a year, like an entire year of living in Philly, I'm like in the corner, like hi, like <laughs> hey guys, you know yeah. what I mean? Dude, same for sure. Like, <laughs> I, when I moved here too, I moved in with my roommates. I didn't even fucking know these guys, and now this my closest friends in New York. But at the when I first got here, I was like, why am I so fucking weird? Man? Yeah. what's wrong with me? <laughs> you like, feel like a weirdo. Yeah, I feel like a psycho, man. Like I'm yeah. barely. I, it's it's different though. I mean, that shit happened in Ohio too. Like if you go into something like a complete, if you just uproot yourself and move to a different city and you, and no one's around and you don't have access to your people anymore, like it's hard to express yourself as as fluidly. Like I wasn't. As it wasn't truthfully. that I was. Yeah, it's truthfully. It wasn't that I was. I I was having like an identity crisis or I didn't feel confident in my sense of self, but. I just was figuring out how to how to I, I, adjust a to lot the of, script. Yeah, exactly. And it was, I was overthinking it too because these guys are so ex- accepting and like they're a couple, they're just a bunch of knuckleheads like me too. So it was like I knew it wasn't gonna say like the wrong thing or like have them like blast me and be like, "Oh, you're an asshole!" Like we're judging your character on some stupid joke you made. But it but, feels like you're internally like bouncing judgment off of them, and it yeah. feels like like if I say <laughs> yeah. something weird. Like, they're going to think, oh, this fucking weird Ohio guy isn't... He's like, yeah. it's just going to be like a domino effect, and then it's going to end with you having to go back to Ohio. Yeah, like, that's exactly. like the, biggest. the stakes feel so high. Yeah. Yeah, and that is, like, the, when I first got here, I was like, I just got to do whatever I can to to stay here. And I hear the, av- like, there's a statistic where it's like, it, on average, the person who moves to New York is uh, gone after, like, six to eight months or something like that. Yeah. So once you get over that window, it's like, okay... The city's gonna keep trying to eat you alive, but you For clearly sure. have uh, you have some some stamina. Right, you can, endure, <laughs> you can endure the the madness a bit. So that and once you feel it's super empowering though. Once you get over that obstacle, like you're like, oh, I am as uh, I, I I wasn't wrong about my confidence in myself. Like I do I I do feel like I was growing as a person before I came here, and now this is only all these new experiences are just reinforcing like. That 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 you know, there's like that you can uh, find uh, good relationships and and f- great experiences, no matter who you are, all over the world, whether you move or not. And then it only adds to it, and, like it just adds another layer of of uh, of who you are and the kind of adaptability you have, the different social spheres that you can move between yeah. fluidly. Yeah. yeah, and that's like that's a super important skill because I mean I think most people from Ohio like. They 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 get different around whether it's like someone from a different uh, just background or or race or country or whatever like that puts them out of their comfort zone and then they put on a different mask and they try know? to like cater to that like, yeah yeah out. and then and then then that's when it really gets awkward yeah <laughs> and that's overgeneralizing I, well maybe not overgeneralizing but it's generalizing yeah right? it's yeah, not everybody sure. in Ohio is like that, no you know no I mean? no for sure but I think because it's more of a homogenized like area. 
with you're very very comfortable with yeah. the people around you. Yeah, yeah, which is normal. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, like, that's community. You might I'm be more like as fuck to my Ohio. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Shout out Ohio. Yeah. Oh, we'll always be home. Right. Always, always love that uh, that state. But it is important to be able to when you run into like, <laughs> it's almost like the thing was like, with like. It's not, there's some people that, they're not necessarily racist, but they just have never been around, mm-hmm. like, people of other races. Right. So they're just like, oh, this is different. Yeah. Uh, how do I, should I, get, what's up, brother? You know what I mean? It's like, nah, don't, <laughs> yeah, you can't, bro, you can't, that's not. Yeah, no, that is, don't, you do not lead with that. No. <laughs> yeah, and, like, that's, like, a more innocent version of ignorance. Like, that's just lack of experience at that point. Yeah. But that's how you break down all these different, uh, different walls of, 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 uh, engaging with different people and that's like i mean you hear that all the time especially in ohio like from the best teachers like the they were always saying like if you want to become stronger as a person and like build character best character building you can do is go somewhere mm. go to a place you've never been whether it's out of the country or several different states or just get it just go out and meet different people because it shows you your strengths and it shows you your weaknesses even quicker and then it shows you the the beauty and 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 things that aren't uh what you're used to you know because it's it's easier to and i think that's where the like the any sense of like ignorance usually stems from even if it is a more innocent one of just lack of of having a diverse experience in any sense is like you just haven't done it you just get used you get too comfortable you get you just get stuck in the same place and it's just what you're used to and then which is nice i mean a lot of people like to do that when they settle down which i think is why they emphasize that it when you're young Go do something. Go meet new people. Right, because settling down, I, I mean, like, the idea is already tempting to yeah. me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, for sure. You to just, like, be in one place and just, like, have a comfy job and, yeah. like, a person who loves oh. you. Oh, yeah, man. You know what I mean? And there's obviously, yeah. it's not a perfect life, you know. So settling yeah, down is, you know, it's a whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, it's a, just the idea of it does seem very, very comfortable, clean, no crazy challenges yeah. usually that are going to pop up. Yeah, exactly. Not uh, predictability. Yeah, yeah. You you get a sense of predictability, which that is one thing in New York that's come. Even when you do have that stable job, <laughs> which is like kind of the route I've started to take. I've I've been at my job now for like a year, and it's the first job I've really liked. Um, but it's it's not really what I thought I was going to be doing. I didn't think it would get this predictable. I thought I was going to come out and be working on film sets, and I was going to love that and just be like hit the ground running and be in embrace the the suffering that comes with with that kind of tortured yeah where everything's changing every day and you're starving and yeah all that all that stuff but you can find it even here you can find your own balance but everything always feels like a threat you know i like you could have the shittiest job and you're just struggling or you could get like a cushy job but like we've had tons of layoffs lately so it's just like Things move so quick here that you n- you never, which is good. That's what I wanted. I wanted to go somewhere. It was like I I want a new experience every day, um, and and to to keep growing and have soak up all these different stories. And that's been the best part of of being in New York. And maybe I haven't focused all my energy in the in the way that I I thought I would have initially. But that's like that's the fun part of life too, especially when you do a big move like that. Is uh just following your intuition and and doing what feels right yeah but i feel like uh that same sort of thing where it's like i thought like when you move into a city people are like oh you're gonna get so much energy 
and it's going to be like quick. And I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to be able to do so many things. Yeah. And then you just like half of that energy is spent just like getting up. To yeah. <laughs> just existing. You're just like, existing. You're like, holy back, shit. Back out into this hellscape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I, it's kind of what you're saying is like part of that. I think for me, especially, it was hard like adjusting because like there's such a, uh, at least maybe it was just I did it myself, but I feel like there is like a social standard of productivity that like is oh, yeah. is like forced into our brains. And again, it could have just been me like m- before moving out here. It was just like, okay, you know, you're in Ohio, so things move pretty slow. So mm-hmm. you can kind of like force yourself to do things and like, you know, have that discipline and put your fo- focus every day towards something that you want to do. And then you come out here sure. and like I, like I said, you think you're going to be able to have that same sort of focus, but that energy is spent on other things that you would think of. And so your discipline, it's just part of the the transition period. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then once you kind of find that balance a little bit in the city, then you can hopefully, (laughs) the goal is to at some point be able to like continue to gradually harness that focus towards that dream or, you know, the goal or, you know, the whatever you want to do. Yeah, exactly. And you got to give yourself time because that kind of freaked me out because I felt like in Ohio, I was like, my work ethic was uh, as good as it could hang with anybody, you know, and it only fueled it more when I would be around other people with really strong work ethics. But then coming out here, it's just such a fast paced society that it like that it requires a lot of your it just stimulates your brain in such a more intense way that mm. that's burning energy from the from the time you get up, like you said. And in when you're making a huge adjustment like that, you got to give yourself time to not put so much pressure on to like do something. But you can't lose it all either, because then that's how you other like then you just and I've had that thought a lot where it's like. If I don't come out here and eventually like start boosting my my drive and and start making moves and get putting myself out there consistently, no matter how uncomfortable it is, then what was the point of coming out here? Yeah, I'm like, just gonna get beat up. And, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, just gonna get harassed and chewed up. Yeah, harassed and then, and then I'll be spit on. Yeah, going home with my tail between my legs, <laughs> just like yeah, I got I got spit on in New York. Like that was kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it, yeah, it's it's true, and I feel like I'm finally, which is it's honestly a really exciting time to talk to you. I feel like because the last month has been, I feel like I've finally, uh, there's been steps to it. Busking was one of those steps. The different jobs have been a step. Make, meeting new people, losing old people, um, or old relationships like that. Those were all really intense experiences that needed almost all my attention mm-hmm. at the time. And then I needed any free time to just like digest them. Impossible. But now it's like, okay, I feel like I'm on my feet again. And like that meter of, of uh, my energy levels and my drive is, uh, is getting better. I feel like I'm, I'm where I, where I felt like in a lot of ways I took a step back from my best version of myself where I'd been making progress. Now I feel like I've surpassed where I was when I first got here. Yeah. And I just want to keep it going. It's, yeah. it's fueling yeah. the fire. I feel comfortable enough now. I'm meeting, doing all the open mics and busking and just stopping and talking to people, too. I've met friends that are other artists. There's a guy that I uh, bought a couple paintings from the other day. I've got a few pieces from him. His name's Will. Um, uh, guy from Michigan, actually. So we're, uh-huh. we're, we're, we're uh, mending the feud of, of yeah. Michigan and Ohioans. Yeah. And uh, he's a painter. He's a full-time painter. And this guy is just inspirational he makes beautiful stuff and i just met him one day leaving the subway station when i first got here and he was just super genuine and we we hit it off and he wrote a book and i read his it was like a young guy who wrote a memoir which is unheard yeah and it was an extremely thoughtful and moving uh piece honestly and 
We've just we've I've I see him all the time when I go into work now. He's selling paintings outside the subway station. I'm always dapping him up, giving him a big hug. Yeah. <laughs> it's just little things like that where you yeah. start to feel like you fit in, and that just adds so much to your your inspiration. To and I don't consider myself like a socially anxious person, which is why I was. I mean, I have moments of it, but like overall, I know I'm an outgoing and uh, person who likes who feeds off off conversation, and. Uh, when I first got here, that was so alarming to me. I'm like, what's happened to me? Like, yeah. I don't want to talk to anybody. What's, what is this? Yeah. Is not what I thought I would be feeling. Yeah. But you have enough experiences and moments like that to where you, you, you find your, your new rhythm in your day to day life and it makes it super exciting and just keep doing it, put, uh, inspiring to push yourself out of your comfort zone each day. Yeah. Definitely. So I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Feeling good to be at that place. Yeah, man. And up. that's <laughs> no. I'm glad you're feeling that way too, dude. That's that's perfect. Like I said, I think I think there is just that point. That's after. I think it is like the six to eight month, you know, like yeah. turnaround of like transition. Yep. And it's like so hard to adjust because you know who you think you know who you yeah, are. Yeah. You're like God. I, eight months. That's forever. Like I yeah. should be getting way more done. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and he's like, what did I do in the past eight months? And it's hard to give yourself that credit mm-hmm. of like it's hard to be like I really. I just adjusted to the city. That's all I was doing. But yeah. like that's not nothing. You know. What no, I mean? that's not. It's because then you. Yeah. Because then honestly, not everybody can do that. That's a. And when you have that like community that recognizes you from the beginning, mm-hmm. people that have seen you change and everything i think a lot of it is just time as well yeah and so you like see somebody out on the street that you remember or you're like hey what's up you know what i mean or Mm -hmm. like you go to a place like on a a a friday that you met somebody a couple weeks ago you're like oh dude i remember you you know it's like even just like the little connection and shit like that and and becoming um like you said it, it comes back to adjusting and being able to be yourself in a new environment yeah 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 and then when you get there you feel once you once you get to that point how do you feel with philly you feel like you're there yet yeah dude that's what i'm thinking about moving out here <laughs> if you're like let's do it again yeah let's, let's run it back right i mean i figure if i'm gonna yeah i figure if i'm gonna do new york at some point which i do just like in general i mm-hmm. think it's just a goal of mine i think that you know might as well do it while i'm young and while i've yeah. got my footing in philly now yeah. you know what i mean yeah. i feel strong gonna- I imagine the transition is going to be even smoother for you now, too. Right, because I've already done it once. You you lived in Jersey for a while, too, right? Yeah, just like three months, but it was like kind of pre-Philly. I I consider it all like one sort of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, But yeah, and like the fact that in in Philly, I didn't know anybody. Now I know at least you. I know a couple other people that are moving up here, too. Right. So it's like at least like now I'm like it it won't be nearly identical. It won't be nearly the same at all, I I, I don't think. And like, yeah, and Philly's always just, you know hour and a half two hour drive away so right. if i miss any of my friends from there right like come back yeah, it's even I mean? easier than going back to ohio and seeing the friends once you yeah because that's a hard thing too that's still been the hardest part of all of this is being away from friends and family from ohio like so true so it's it, it like we love you guys yeah we love you yeah, oh, yeah. And, uh, dude because people like <laughs> when i left some one person i don't even know if they really meant it but they're she was like in a an emotional state and she's like you know, it just feels like you just left us, man. It just feels like you kind of left us, and I don't hear from you anymore. It's Damn, like, you abandoned me. It's like, I didn't... No, I'm just trying to live my fucking life. No, exactly, dude. And, and it's like, it's not that I don't love you and miss you guys, but it's like, I, what are right. talking about? I you think for some people... comfort zone. Yeah, it's so true. And, like, for some people, I respect that. Like, you're going to... Maybe it was a different comfort zone you're pushing by staying. Uh, but yeah, uh, but yeah, it was for, challenging for me to stay for a while. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get that, yeah, good for you. Exactly. I think a lot of people just feel like I've lost contact with you know some of my closest closest friends uh, that I made in Ohio, and 
we talk every once in a while, but it's been less and less. And just initially when you got, when I got out here, it was like, I think both of us expected that we would keep in touch more than we do. Yeah. But you don't realize like how, I don't know, like it, it is always easier. There's something to be said about like, you're always at someone's a text away or a call away and like, you know, you should always do that. But there's only so many people you can, you have the energy to do that for. And I'm like, well, my main you have concern to put a lot of that energy towards social interactions here. Exactly. And otherwise it's like, why you're just, you're just stuck there, you know? So right. it, it is it, like if a teleportation was a thing. I would come see you get, every week. Gotta get bro. these fucking bullet trains going. Yeah, yeah seriously. We should get some gonna do the trains, most. Yeah. That's going to be a great, it'll fuel the economy. Yeah. Fuel, <laughs> love. Everybody With will be love. connected. <laughs> fuel this economy with love <laughs> you know how much shit i'll get done if i saw my my parents every weekend man yeah. that'd be great but still got to be in new york that yeah. would be that would be seriously sick. yeah yeah no i definitely feel that man. but that yeah that's it's natural and those are the best friendships you know and i hope that that's like i don't know how how that continued if they still feel abandoned by you but the best i and i said and i figured that out in college i because i was in film i knew i was an art guy and i'm like i'm i'm gonna be floating around for a while and yeah. Uh, I, the the best that I can do and the way that I can get the most out of these relationships is ex- is to come to terms as quickly as possible with the idea that you know not everything is supposed to last forever at least not in the same state that it, it right. existed in at one time and that doesn't have to mean that it loses its meaning or it's the the depth behind but behind what it what it meant but or how powerful it was, but it just means it changed. And I, I don't have any love loss or anything. And I hope that's the case. And that, and when you get back together with, with those people like Logan, he's a perfect example. He didn't do it. He didn't come out and or to New York and he didn't go to a city like he was thinking. He found his own thing and he, um, and he, he was happy with that. And we just ended up going different ways and we don't talk nearly as much now, but I know every time I walk through the door and see that guy, it's going to be, Right, right where, back where you were exactly dude it's yeah like no time it gives me goosebumps just thinking about yeah. like, those kind of relationships are they they're one in a million so but they can happen important. as often as you want if you have that that frame of mind that's how you Damn. take the most i think from whatever yeah. relationship because we're all going like everybody it's another cliche but everybody we're all leaving one day anyway so you yeah. can only get so much out of a relationship right. that they're gonna, no, they dude, gotta, but that's, I mean, I was one thing that I, I went back to Ohio at the end of April just because I was, like, missing home. Like, last time was, like, Christmas. And yeah, so it's yeah, only, like, technically, like, four months, right? Yeah. But, I like, I just had felt, like, in Philly I hadn't developed. Obviously, I have friends. I have people that I'm close to and everything. But I hadn't really, like, pinned down any one relationship as as special as some of the relationships that I made back in Ohio. Oh, yeah. So I went back yep. to Ohio. I hung out with uh joey olivia and maddie dude we hung out for four hours did not talk about one thing we literally just did bits and like voices <laughs> and fucking laughed the entire time oh, and picked oh. it right back up that's beautiful man. and that's it was magic. a beautiful refresher and a, a, plenty of other people i saw that it picked right back up with it was it was wonderful and then i came back and like you said it, it put me in a certain frame of, of mind to kind of understand what that meant to me and then the people that now in Philly, since I've been back, which has only been like a month, what, mm-hmm. since the end of April, mm-hmm. um, and, and be like, damn, these people are probably going to be those people for me. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah, like I've had, I people. have these relationships. 
I will pick back up with these people if I ever leave. I mean, I'm I'm in it right now and I should enjoy it. Right. But in my mind, I was just constantly comparing it to like the old relationships from Ohio. And it's like, you can't do that. No, no. And it's natural to do it at first. But I think if you have that self-awareness, you're on the right track and you're going to you're going to you're going to move past it. And those relationships will become just as important as the ones you've had. And that's the beautiful thing about relationships is that unless uh, at least in, in a friendship sense, unless you're polyamorous but <laughs> you can have multiple relationships and they can you don't have to compare them or rank them or some i think naturally fall into places far as the hierarchy goes but um it, it, when you're someone living living on the road in a sense like that then that's the best way to do it because you're just gonna have you're gonna have such uh profound moments with with people and they're gonna happen quicker and quicker because you're just y- you because you're placing, you're you're realizing the value of, of every interaction and and what it could be if you get out of your way, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's always gonna be obstacles, like, and you're gonna you're gonna feel them for a little bit where it's not gonna feel quite right. But yeah, that's how it felt going back to Ohio. There was like I'd miss them so much sometimes when I go back and be like, oh man, I miss my people. Like yeah. I uh, these new people are great, but it's just not the same. Right. It's not the dynamic. same level. Yeah, not the same dynamic or level of bonding um but now it's to the point where i go and i like soak it all in and i'm right. like this is these are having even more meaning these relationships these moments are having even more meaning with people that i that i've that i came up with that when i go back to new york i'm like i feel like a superhero i'm ready to go back and <laughs> take, take over the yeah. city and, and hug everybody on the street <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man we're gonna fuel the economy with love, with love. i think the that's ultimate currency yeah i think that's probably a good place to wrap it up man i think it's a good message I hell think. yeah man yeah, yeah i think we did the thing um joey that becker yeah, it flew uh, with Future Pod. Is that the new fruit? Uh, future Tree Pod. Future Tree Pod. It's a good name. I like that. Thanks. It came from, uh, you know, the, uh, the, I think it was a college article something about the idea of like burying yourself in a tree. Oh, pod. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was getting tired of Edgar Allan Joe. I was like, it's time to move on, move on from that gimmick. Right. And start a new gimmick, Future Tree Pod. And it just popped in. I saw it's something. It came back up. I was like, dude, I want to be buried like that. I want to be a fucking tree. Yeah, I want to be a tree now. <laughs> yeah. Especially, I'm definitely gonna be one. Beat me to the to the tree life. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, follow him. He's gonna. He's always doing music stuff and creative stuff. And uh, yeah, you, well, thanks for letting us record. And uh, yeah. let's do a little mic bump, and then we'll wrap this. Let's up. do it. Thanks for having me. Cool.